Welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim. Happy Pride Week. It's actually Sunday right now, the day of the recording, and today in New York City we had the Pride Parade. Now, usually I'm not one for parades, but I did decide to venture out today with Sergey, Jackie, and Pumpkin, and uh, we did go to H&M to do some shopping, but on the way there, we got a bunch of free stuff because of Pride in New York. So usually I don't go to parades. Uh, I've been to a bunch. I, I remember when I lived in Boston, I went to uh, the Patriots Parade after they won. I think I've been to the Red Sox Parade. Uh, I've been to the Mermaid Parade here in New York. And I have been to Pride before as well. But usually crowds, you know, especially if you live in a place like New York City, for example, everybody that lives here tries to stay away from places like Times Square. It's just super crowded and I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old and I, and I don't do well in crowds. So usually I try to avoid it. But today we actually ended up seeing it and uh, it just so happened that in H&M, we were on the second floor and from the top, you could actually just watch the parade like a top-down view. Bird's eye view of the parade and it was actually super fun. It's just awesome seeing all the color and happiness and people having a great time on a beautiful day in New York on a Sunday. So happy Pride Week. This week, also, Sergey and I attended the Consumer Discovery Show put on by FounderMade. Now, if you guys remember, last year we partnered with them as a media partner to do a bunch of interviews. And last year you heard from some folks like Julius Malensky of Lifeway and the founders of the Wandering Bear Coffee Company, the Cold Brew Company. So this week we have a few more awesome interviews for you. But what we like to do is we like to kind of scan the trade show floor and we meet some of the founders that are on the floor. They're exhibiting their products. And if we think it's a cool story, we grab them back to uh, the media room and interview them and hopefully share their stories with you. And we thought today's story with Christine Saleh of Skinvolve was actually a pretty cool one because they have some awesome resourceful ways that they were able to get marketing and they were able to get awareness of their brand. And Christine shares that with us today on this five minute pick me up. Now she started this company with her sisters and it is a pretty saturated space. It's a consumer product in the beauty space. And as we know, you have to be differentiated and you have to figure out a way to get distribution. There's a bunch of different ways to sell your product. Obviously, if you have a consumer product, you can sell it directly online. And of course, they have done that and still do. You can find their products at skinvolve.com. That's skinvolve, like involve.com. And they did sell slowly but surely for the first couple of years just through traditional means. And she'll tell us exactly what they did early on. But then they closed a couple of massive distribution deals. And Christine tells us exactly how they were able to do that. So there's a lot of great takeaways here for you if you're starting a consumer product. But even if you're not, and you're trying to figure out how do I get in front of my customers? Obviously, that's incredibly important when you're starting a business. You don't have a business unless you have sales. So check out this interview with Christine at the Founder Made Discovery Show conference. Uh, and we're back here at the Consumer Discovery Show at the Founder Made Show, and we're walking around basically talking to cool founders and entrepreneurs and grabbing them as we're going along to tell their story. So I'm here with Christine Saleh. So, sorry, can you say that again? Saleh. Okay. Right. You got That's it. That's perfect. I'm you good. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with Christine Saleh. So you started the company Skinvolve four years ago. Yes. And what was the first product that you launched with? And actually, even to take a step back, why even decide to start a company? Because it's not that easy. That's a great question and family business mm -hmm. to add on to the complexities. So mm -hmm. we kind of went for it. We always were around family business. 
um, our whole life. Our dad is a, is a very big entrepreneur, so we've always been exposed to it at an early age. Mm. Um, and we're always looking for opportunities um, to work together. And so about four years ago, we were looking at areas. Actually, our older sister was complaining after the first baby. You know, there's areas that are... I'm working out, I'm juicing, I'm doing all these things, and there are areas that are still not responding, Mm -hmm. even though I'm doing all these things. We looked around, we were asking each other, like, hey, (laughs) I don't think you have to have a baby to have this. Everyone has an area that's slow to tone. And so this is kind of when Instagram was really focusing on the fitness side of things. So we started out with a product called the Body Boost Gel. It's a product that you would apply on five minutes prior to working out on specific areas that you would consider slow to tone. What, what does slow to tone mean? Um, basically, like everybody has on the body. So maybe some would consider the, the glutes, the abs, the back of the arm. Those areas are slower to tone oh, I see than other saying, areas. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is definitely the, right. that so, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we all do have that. And uh-huh. so uh, we wanted to create something that kind of focuses more on those areas and would kind of boost what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. And so we found with menthol as a key ingredient that helps activate that area, helps you sweat a little bit more. Hmm. And it's cooling, obviously. So as you're heating up, you're also feeling this cooling sensation. It's cooling you down as well. When did this feel like a real business? In terms of traction on the other side, on the sales, really feeling the demand, when did it feel like you guys hit on something that is interesting? I would say really this year was the turning point for us. Um, and I think all those other years were very important to get us here. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to realize that even if you get a huge deal, it doesn't stop there. Like, even if that had happened early, it could have been an anomaly in something random. But I, I'm grateful that we had kind of the build up to the success. And mm-hmm. it didn't happen all at once in the very beginning because there were so much learning opportunities along the way and making your mistakes early with smaller deals and smaller companies as opposed to Sephora like huge you know you want to kind of make those mistakes earlier rather than later Mm -hmm. so then it sounds like you guys closed a big deal this year we did what was that (laughs) how did it happen so we had partnered with many beauty box companies um, and I can't disclose at this time because it hasn't launched yet sure um, but it is one of them and it was, uh, like I mentioned, we have worked with several in the past, and they were very um, surprisingly a really great experience for us, given that we get exposure rather quickly. Sometimes it's a month-long campaign. Sometimes if it's a season, you get a whole season of campaigning hmm. um, with influencers that they already have, with customers that they already have. And generally, they offer uh, promotion codes so that when the product is up, they drive you back to your website. Mm. So you have the opportunity to acquire um, all the repeat customers and their information. So that's instant marketing success right there. Mm. And you also mentioned that one of your first distribution partners was Anthropology. Is that correct? Yes. How did that come about? We met them at a show, actually, a yeah. trade show. And, and this is, if there's anything I could say about trade shows is that they are worth going to. Mm. Um, I had done every single event locally first in Miami. Mm-hmm. Farmer's markets, I probably didn't belong there. I was there, mm-hmm. um, hotel events, everything. And over the whole year, I literally did everything in Miami. And it was a great learning experience, but it was still nowhere near where we needed to be. Um, it took a very long time. It, like quantities were very low. 
um, great learning in terms of pitching and customers and feedback and things like that. But ultimately, one day at a show here in New York was far beyond a whole year of, of events in Miami. So I would highly encourage going to trade shows and finding if they focus on niche things. Indie Beauty was one. Um, we went to an expo that focused specifically on indie beauty brands that was phenomenal for us. Mm. And then we continued. That's how we met Anthropology Buyer. We followed up with everybody. And then months later, we got uh, to be in their flagship stores and online. Oh, wow. Very good point you, you mentioned. Some companies try to distribute through a bunch of different channels because they think we have to be doing everything. We have to be on all the different social channels. We have to uh, you know, do online marketing, SEO, content, uh, trade shows, all that stuff. But really, for most organizations, I mean, it obviously depends on the product, right? You have to be where your customer is. But for most companies, there are just one or two main customer acquisition channels that are really, really effective. You can go to all the farmer's markets in, across the country, right. and you, like you said yourself, you're not going to get the traction, but sometimes it's worth investing a little bit of capital into exhibiting at a trade show. It's not cheap. Right. Uh, there are resourceful ways to do it, to get in. Sometimes maybe in the beginning, if you don't have the money to get a table, you can come in as an attender and just hustle and meet people, Completely. for sure. Did you guys do that? That's definitely what I did. I went to BeautyCon several times in LA, mm. a massive show. We ended up working with them later in oh, another cool. box, which was amazing, um, but never exhibited, but I tended and met several amazing people and got to know the staff there. They were a wonderful company to work with, and their show was incredible. It's, it's, I mean, I felt like I was going to be, there was a stampede coming after me, I was, wow. and I was like, had to fight for my own. <laughs> so you had follow-ups there for it, a year. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Even the, just the volume of people and consumers at that show and the vendors, it was a really solid event, and they still continue to do it. This Now, I think twice a year or one, once a year, uh, but just even attending, if you can't exhibit, highly recommend just attend, see what people are doing, what's their pitch, how are they presenting products. Um, definitely great exposure. Yeah, you have to be able to hit the ground and actually right. go and meet people and shake hands. Um, talk about. So that was a really motivational story for me for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, they started this product and they came up with the idea from a personal pain. And then they grew it slowly or and organically just by going to farmer's markets, just by going to events where they could find literally anybody that'd be willing to pay for their product. And as Christine said, you know, those first several years of slow and steady growth were actually great opportunities to practice uh, pitching the product, figure out what the customers were actually looking for, uh, and then also start meeting more and more people at these various events to then eventually be ready for a massive deal to close. And they were scrappy in the beginning. They were going to shows. If they couldn't afford it, they were attending these shows, not as exhibitors, not buying tables, but even just buying tickets to get into the conference and start mingling with important people. And then eventually over the years, once they got some sales, they were reinvesting to the company, got into trade shows, would exhibit their product, got in front of these big subscription box companies that they would do massive marketing campaigns through, got in front of huge distributors like Anthropology to get on their shelves, to get distribution on Anthropology's online store and start growing sales more and more consistently. And of course, now they have multiple products and you know they do sell direct con to consumer, but they did identify that these subscription box companies are actually a great way 
to get in front of millions of customers. But of course you have to have some scale and of course you have to be able to withhold the relatively low margins that you might have uh, when you're selling sample products or let's say a subscription box. But then people will become aware of your brand and will follow up and go directly on the website and actually uh, buy more products where of course the margins are much better. So I was excited about the story because it not only talked about a unique distribution channel that they were able to identify to then ultimately snowball in their growth, but also that they hustled early on even in a consumer product space that's relatively competitive. So there you have it, Christian Soleil of Skinvolve.com. That's S-K-I-N-V-O-L-V-E.com. And we'll see you later this week with part two of our interview with Kevin Yu of Wearworks. Have an awesome week.